Hey, this is Zach Miller, and you're listening to New Rules of Investing Radio, where we help investment businesses grow by looking at tools, tips, and technologies to help financial professionals build their businesses. Uh, today's guest is Michael Becker from MD Becker Partners, a life sciences consultancy. Uh, it's an advisory business where they help on tra- some transactions. Um, Michael is a celebrated Wall Street professional with a lot of background in sell-side research in the life sciences industry. Uh, he split off and started his own firm along with a partner and runs what's called the Life Science Digest, which he uses as a uh, as a tool to uh, gain both notoriety in the media as well as to pr- build a wide uh, audience and cast a wide net of people who may eventually become clients um, or purchase other uh research products that he produces. Um, I asked Mike a lot of questions on how he uses content, what he uses content for, how successful he's been uh, in producing a newsletter to be able to get new clients uh, and new readership. And uh, I, I found this conversation very interesting. And he's one of the few people online who has focused on the life sciences industry. It seems to be um, a well-needed niche uh, as well as a lesser competitive niche. Uh, we'll just turn it over to Michael and we'll hear about how he's building his financial business. And again, this is Zach Miller at New Rules of Investing Radio. Thanks for listening. You can find this podcast on my website, newrulesofinvesting.com. And you can also find this podcast on iTunes. We have archives in both places. Uh, feel free to stop by the website, sign up for our email. Uh, we'll notify you when new uh, podcast episodes go live. We'll also begin to provide other tools uh, for you there. Um, there's some there's some white papers there that you can check out. Um, thanks again. We, if you have any feedback, any comments, please let us know. So, so tell me a little bit about um, your core business. Yeah, so our, our firm, well, my background is actually on Wall Street, so I spent a lot of time doing sell-side and buy-side research. Mm-hmm. Um, All in biotech? Like, um, it started out, you know, very broad, covering a variety of different sectors, and I was a contrarian investor, so I looked for sectors that were out of favor, and at the time, uh, just so happened that biotechnology was one of those sectors, so I, I spent a fair amount uh, of time doing research on various biotechnology companies, and then through you doing that... Science background, the, by the way? No, okay. no, no science uh, background, no PhD, MD, um, just a school, school of... Uh, Hard knocks and biotech for uh, about 15 years. Okay, and through that, uh, you know, certainly learned uh, a lot about the science, um, the various technologies, the regulatory process, uh, and developed a, a pretty good understanding of what it takes to succeed as a biotechnology company, and transferred that to, to actually running a biotech uh, company for a better part of about seven, eight years. And that was uh, a little bit different than uh, analyzing companies from, you know, the perspective of a sell-side or a buy-side research analyst. Um, And I think the combination of those two is what we try to utilize to communicate uh, various opportunities in the life science industry to uh, retail investors or institutional investors, for that matter. Okay. So... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, so, so where do, where does the Life Science Digest come in then? So our, our core business is a uh, boutique management strategy consulting firm. So we uh, assist companies in the life science industry uh, to access resources, which can be financial or licensing additional products or out licensing non core assets. 
to increasing visibility, getting media exposure, getting uh, in front of various investors, uh, and helping them unlock value through uh, streamlining their business model or changing their, their corporate strategy. So our, our core business is a consulting business, uh, but our, our end users are life science companies that are um, seeking the aforementioned. So our life science digesters uh, really is a, a, a basically a multitude of roles. Uh, the first is obviously to create additional exposure for our consulting business, uh, but the second is to communicate our, our insight and our knowledge base within the life science community. And again, we do that from a, a pretty unique perspective because we have both a industry experience background as well as a Wall Street background um, that's that's pretty differentiated from others that write uh, more or less just from a investment perspective or strictly from a science perspective. And and so, with, with distribution of the Life Science Digest, you're hoping to get, I guess, to build an audience both of people who may ultimately use your, your consulting services and, and an audience of, uh, I guess, interested investors as well on the other side, demand and supply. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so what are you doing to, to distribute? You mentioned um, you're, you're distributing through Seeking Alpha. Yeah, so we we developed uh, early on the business model of uh, licensing our content for free to various other platforms, knowing that, uh, you know, we may not have, as a single entity, uh, that same breadth of, of distribution. So we partnered early on with Seeking Alpha and published all of our newsletter articles from the Life Science Digest on that platform, uh, which has been great. And sounds like you've got some some background. Yeah. Business. I used to do business development. I, I was one, an early uh, team member at Seeking Alpha. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's been a, for, for us. It's been a great platform and certainly helped um, increase our visibility. And that's led now to a couple of other uh, redistribution um, activities with Minionville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Minionville and Seeking Alpha are probably the, the two largest. Um, and then we, we're also kind of viewed as a resource for the media. So we do get a lot of inbound inquiries from reporters that are covering various different aspects of the biotechnology or life science industry. Uh, as a result of the exposure from our articles, so we're you know frequently quoted in, in the media, and that really helps uh, bolster our our traffic to the website as well. Interesting. So, like when Teva by Cephalon, they're asking they they call you to figure out why. Yeah, the I think the most recent example was when the first uh, ever cancer vaccine was approved uh, for prostate cancer by Dendrion. Um, when that product was approved, uh, a lot of people didn't really understand cancer vaccines because it's it's somewhat of a misnomer. Yeah. You know, we're not preventing cancer, we're treating cancer. So how is a vaccine treating something that you already have? There, there was a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, questions from, you know, members of the media. So we were we were pretty high profile around the, the approval of that particular product because we had just authored a 150-page market research report covering the the cancer vaccine landscape. Uh, so we, uh, in an effort to you know help the reporters, we essentially made that available for free to members of the media, whereas uh, investors or members of the industry were charged $2,500 for it. So that uh, obviously ingratiated us a little bit into the you know uh, media circles, and they they were able to quote from the 
150-page report, and they also called us for interviews to, to talk about various uh, facets of that product approval. So, so you're creating a lot of content. I, I assume it takes a lot of time and energy to produce that content. It seems like it's very high-level content. Um, do you have a mechanism outside of you know getting quoted by the media to sort of capture interest? Are you are you getting email addresses when you're giving away those reports? Um, tell me how how you're sort of You've created this very wide circle of people reading you, but then what are you doing to kind of bring interested people in? Yeah, I mean, we, we do do a very passive uh, marketing approach, I think, consistent with the, you know, Internet business model. So we're not uh, overt about, you know, chasing subscribers. We have several thousand people that have opted into uh, our email uh, distribution list, and that essentially just notifies people uh, when we publish a new article on the Life Science Digest website or when a new market research report's available. Uh, we also do conferences, so we alert people to those uh, activities. But uh, people can sign up for that or unsubscribe from that uh, at their leisure. We don't... Not pushing you know, anything. Yeah, not, not pushing anything in that regard. Um, if we're at uh, various industry conferences, you know, certainly um, we, we make people aware of it. We have hard copy reprints of some of the higher profile higher profile articles from the Life Science Digest uh, website available, and we've also started doing uh, PDF reprints that um, get disseminated. You know, some, some companies use them for their uh, investor kits and, and put hard copies in their uh, in their folders, but um, fa- fairly fairly passive um, from you know from that perspective. I think. Probably the only thing that we do is uh, search, en- search engine optimization on the Life Science Digest website to make sure that we're, you know, being picked up by um, all the various uh, searches that would be relevant to our, our particular subset. Are you getting traffic from, from Google? We're getting traffic from uh, Google. We do AdWords there as well. Um, but probably the majority of our website traffic actually comes from investor portals. So, uh, if you look at, for example, the Yahoo message boards, whenever we write about a particular company, if it's uh, publicly traded and, you know, has a very uh, high profile retail following, uh, we tend to see a lot of our uh, uh, traffic coming from article links that are posted on the, the various uh, message boards. Have you published anything about Star Scientific? Uh, no, not, as, not, not familiar with that company, actually. I'm just curious. Um, yep. CIGX. But um, I assume you've 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 considered. I mean, this is it's, it seems like an incredible repository of information uh, because you're using the newsletter, I guess, to drive awareness on the investor side and try to get um, corporate business. Um, you, you've create you've you've lowered the barriers in terms of subscription and stuff like that. So, have you ever thought about maybe creating a premium product also? <laughs> yeah, uh, laughing because it's uh, probably a daily source of discussion uh-huh. within our, our firm. Um, a lot, lot of different, you know, potential offshoots uh, that, that we could pursue now. Um, and, I, and I think that's that's only made possible by being around for two years now and really having that content uh, repository at our disposal. So people can now go to the Life Science Digest website and see, you know, uh, dozens of articles on various topics and, you know, see what we did right and what we've done wrong um, and use that as a, as a metric for, you know, whether they would want uh, more in-depth research on specific uh, segments of the market or specific companies. Um, so, you know, tailoring that to company reports or, you know, more 
more premium content is certainly something that uh, uh, we contemplate uh, but have not yet enacted. Have you have you used expert networks like Gerson Lehrman or something to also sort of create more visibility and, and hopefully generate business in the future? No, because to some extent, uh, that's an area where we participate through the, the market research that we publish. So we will do, you know, physician interviews or roundtable discussions on, you know, various facets of the life science industry and, and distill that uh, transcript into, you know, the written form or, or a, a, a text-based interview in the uh, PDF documents that we publish. So um, to, to leverage another consulting group's resources in that regard would, would be somewhat duplicative. Yeah. I, I guess it was just expanding the lead generation, I guess. Um, but if you have a, if you have a pretty vibrant fire hose, I guess you don't need it. Um, can you point to specific instances where somebody has, in, I guess, interacted with your content, um, you know, been propelled to contact you and, and you've seen business from it? I mean, you don't have to name names, but um, can you describe a scenario where that's happened? Yeah, it, it probably, again, goes back to the, the most high-profile activity that we've had over the, the last couple of months, and that's in the area of, of cancer immunotherapy. So um, we did do uh, a number of articles on cancer immunotherapy or cancer vaccines, and those companies um, in that sector uh, have now come to, to view us as somewhat of a you know thought leader or you know resource, and um, we, we do probably work with more cancer immunotherapy or cancer vaccine companies now than uh, any other segment of the, the life science um, community. So that's been a direct result of how much we've, you know, focused on publishing in that regard. And that that really drives our, our content uh, going forward. I think, you know, we, we find areas where we can be impactful, where we can shed light or information that others are not uh, in a manner that's digestible. I mean, you know, Biotechnology is probably the most complex uh, <laughs> industry within the financial markets, and many um, many investors can be fooled by uh, faulty science or you know um, inaccuracies in the marketplace. So we really do you know view ourselves as a as a resource for you know breaking down some of those barriers and communicating complex science into layman terminology. Um, and by doing that, you know, really focusing pretty heavily on just a, a couple of segments of the life science sector and not uh, so much the, you know, intricacies uh, of CNS disorders or Alzheimer's or diabetes. We, we tend to, you know, drill into a subject and, and become very familiar with it and communicate it uh, repeatedly, talk about different aspects of the technology, both from a uh, scientific perspective, but also a commercial perspective, and you know how are these companies capitalized? Are uh, these segments of the marketplace you know hot with investors uh, that are uh, providing capital to the companies or not? So um, we're, we're I guess more of a, a mile mile deep uh, and an inch wide versus an inch wide and, a, and well, did I just say that backwards? Yeah, mile wide. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know what I, I mean. knew exactly what you meant. Um, so. Uh, are you handling a lot of this stuff in-house? Like you, you and your partner are doing are doing the writing. Are you? We found pieces of the business that you're, that work um, to offload to outsource or something. Uh, you know, actually, Zach, that's an interesting question because just recently we started to, uh, and it wasn't until because you guys were, aren't scalable. I mean, that's that's ultimately what you're rubbing into, right? Exactly. It's, it's a bandwidth issue. Uh, you know, we're we're definitely capacity constraints on you know writing the level of 
content that we've been doing over the last couple of years. So one thing that we did just start doing, and we have not executed on it yet, uh, but we have now started to uh, solicit interest in third parties contributing articles to our, our portal um, following the model of, you know, Huffington Post and, and others. Seeking Alpha. Uh, right. And Seeking Alpha. Um, and I, I think so far it's an intriguing concept, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, we will do that in, you know, selected areas. Um, but because it's scientific and financial, marrying those two components together to a level of uh, our comfort is pretty daunting. I mean, you know, again, if, if you go to Seeking Alpha, and I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with this, so I'm probably preaching to the choir, uh, just because somebody can publish doesn't mean that they should. And there are, there, there are a lot of people that um, publish on the biotechnology sector that really don't have a, a in-depth understanding of it. So uh, we find that, you know, we're, we're inundated with uh, people that want to, you know, promote a specific stock or, uh, specific segments of the marketplace, but they really don't have the level of scientific knowledge to, you know, help investors understand where the um, bullish thesis are and where the bearish thesis are. That's such an interesting point because, um, I mean, Seeking Alpha is a broad aggregator, right? It's sort of, it's that mile wide, inch deep in some cases. Um, so it, it was in our best interest always just to, to bring in as much content as possible because we, you know, a small, small fragment of it would actually be very valuable to certain as opposed to you, if you go the aggregation route, like you really have to be very careful about who you let into that that gated community, you know. Exactly, exactly, and it's you know it's becoming, I think, to a point where some industries are covered, you know, very heavily: um, information technology, social media, um, telecommunications. You know, there are some subsets of the marketplace that are. Uh, have a wealth of information available, you know, especially on Seeking Alpha uh, or Minionville. And if you look at life science, it, it probably isn't there yet, but you could see it on the horizon getting to a point where uh, it, too, becomes very crowded. And then the challenge is going to be to curate it, to, to, to find uh, a way to get all these various articles, you know, down to a level where, you know, people are comfortable, which writers are on target, which ones are, you know, overly promotional, uh, what's the track record and things like that. And I, I don't think that's played itself out quite yet in biotechnology, but I think in some of the other segments in the marketplace, people have come to realize that they really don't need a, a 200th person that's you know, got a bullish thesis on Apple computer to, to write a Seeking Alpha article. I, I think, you know, that becomes superfluous at, at some point in time. Right. Uh, but, you know, for biotechnology, there are, you know, roughly 300 publicly traded companies, and there's a paucity of sell-side research at this point in time. So I think there is still today a, a very large unmet, met, uh, large unmet need in uh, covering uh, or providing insight into the life science sector. Just curious, have you um, taken Seeking Alpha up on the premium program? We're actually uh, monetizing some of that content also? No, we haven't because we, we feel that a broader reach is more important to us than financial remuneration at this point. So having the ability to publish on uh, Minionville, Seeking Alpha, our own portal uh, is, is, I think, of the utmost importance. Um, the, what is it, $10 per thousand, thousand yes. or whatever, you know, is, isn't... Uh, I can move the needle uh, for you. No, no. This, this has been really insightful and really helpful. I, uh, I appreciate your time and uh, participation. 
Yeah, and tell me a little bit about your, it seems like in looking at your website, you've got a couple of different uh, offshoots, uh, both from the publishing as well as the, the trade streaming website. Right. So where, where, where's your, I guess, the majority of your focus? That's a good question. Um, I, I think what's happened um, is that I, have the, I had these two properties. I had the new rules of investing, which really was an industry property. It was helping advisors sort of make sense of some of the new technologies, Um both to, from an investing point of view and also to like a practice management point of view to help market themselves. Um, I ended up landing a book deal off of that site, um, and the book, rightfully or wrongfully, we call it trade streaming. That was my term. Um, and that ended up turning it – the book ended up not promoting the, the advisor, the professional piece, but actually was like how to take some of these tools and create investment strategies around them for individual investors. So I now have two properties, one which sort of markets to advisors and one that markets to investors directly. Um, so so the trade streaming is for investors yeah. and the new rules and for I, advisors. Yeah, and I haven't done a good enough job sort of separating those two, and I'm starting to by creating products for each. Um, like I just launched a um, like a you know an ebook how to get published uh, you know for advisors to help build their practices. Um, I've, I'm, I'm beta testing this you know this this email service with a hundred different advisors in the states. Um, you know, who are looking for practice management, marketing, sales tips, I guess, to help grow their businesses using social media and things like that. That's the, like the okay. B2B side. Um, and then on the trade streaming side, I have portfolios and I, you know, I, I, I have some ideas there that I'm going to, I think where I'm, I'm headed with both is sort of creating mini courses um, where I reach out with experts. Have, have you seen the site Mixergy? Which site, I'm sorry? It's called Mixergy. It's a, it's a Silicon Valley type site. It's, it's more, you know, it, pure, um, Technology, like mar- te- technology marketing, M I X E R G Y. It's basically a guy who started with a podcast and started interviewing really, really kind of interesting um, people with a lot of value in, in terms of their, their content and knowledge base. And so and he just sort of creates sort of these mini courses around um, around content. Meaning, as something actually, as as we were talking, I was thinking you know, maybe it's worthwhile that. Uh, if you're interested in, in partnering and putting together like a mini course on how to invest in biotech, um, which, you know, it basically includes, a, a, you know, like a one-hour podcast with you as the expert, um, you know, creating some ancillary materials around it and, and offering that for sale to, uh, to investors as well. Um, so I, I'm sort of partnering with, with different entities to create those properties now. Um, and I think the trade streaming and the new rules are, you know, just focusing on different audiences. So I, I'm not quite sure where it's all headed. Um, I'm also a, a financial advisor by day. Um, that's my core business. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm just all, like you, I'm also just trying to figure out what, what the model is, I guess. I, you know the model. I'm just saying, like, where I'm headed, I guess. Yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, the podcasting sounds like a, a phenomenal uh Kind of offshoot or opportunity. We 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 tried to experiment, you know, wherever possible. You know, we we certainly embrace obviously uh, a lot of new technology and. and Have Twitter you tried the that podcasting? Thing. That's the one area that um, I haven't, only because I don't do, I don't find myself listening to a lot of podcasts. So I, I tend to You'd surpri- you know whatever. Be surprised I'm, how many people do. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm sure it is a, a large market. Um, it's just, you know, not enough hours in the day, I guess, is the... Um, well, I just, I don't want it to be, I, you know, when, I, when I'm out, I guess, you know, preaching, podcasting or technology is like, you know, obviously using some of these things just to use them doesn't make any sense for anybody, but a podcasting, it's not, it, it's not actually that much work, and uh, you can set it up very easily and quickly, 
Um, it's hard, you know, you have to make sure you get the right person. I mean, you could run them in your office, just between the knowledge that you and your partner have, you don't necessarily need outside content. So, um, you know, putting together yeah, a 15 minute, you know, weekly piece, people find that very useful. Huh. And there's, and there's a revenue associated with there's that? There's no revenue. That it's, it's, again, it's the free model. You could charge for it. There are definitely ways to charge for it, but I'm using it just to expand my audience, right? So I've got it up on my website. I'm distributing it out to other websites. I got it on iTunes, so you know I have people in Australia reading my stuff regularly, <laughs> listening to my stuff regularly, and and um, it just it's an audience builder. And there's you know there are definitely people I like you. I didn't I didn't do a lot of podcasting until I actually my commute started increasing recently, and so like on Sunday I I, I load up my my pod with like I don't know ten or fifteen things I subscribe to, and now I've got content the whole week. And I'm doing. I'm, I'm. I love it. I'm like addicted to it. I can't get enough. Of like, because there's so much good content on there, um, and it's all time shifted. I get to choose what I want to listen to, when I want to listen to it, and uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I just. It was an easy thing to launch. You know, there's sort of that technology barrier you can get over, but I don't know. It's been worth it for me. And, and this guy Mixergy that I was telling, you, he launched the whole business based upon just you know just getting these good interviews and. Uh, what it does also for you, and this is interesting, it helps you build your business. Um, you can get pr- prospective clients and interview them, and that's a great way to break the ice if you don't know them already, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we do for the Life Science Digest website. Is exactly. talk to obviously various companies, you know, about what what they're doing or what their particular role is in prostate cancer or whatever our topic is, and. Uh, yeah, through, through that, it's a it's a warm outreach exactly. as opposed to because you're offering you know, them something, you're giving them a platform to let them talk about their products, which is is totally value. You're not asking, you know, it's, you're giving as opposed to taking, and and it just positions you as the industry expert. Yeah, it's it's probably not unlike our initial experience with Twitter, which has been um, I think instrumental in also bringing news flow or uh, traffic to our website. It's, it's amazing the power of you know just communicating. Uh, a new article availability or commenting on uh, various facets of what's going on in biotech um, has has resulted in you know measurable traffic to the website, which I was surprised about because there there are people that are you know very strong proponents of Twitter and others that you know don't see it as a a worthwhile uh, time activity. But for for us, it's been um, I think wonderful in terms of generating additional. Uh, visibility that we wouldn't otherwise get. So I'm sure podcasting is, is probably of that same ilk. Yeah. It doesn't have that interactivity necessarily that Twitter does where you can respond and, and receive. Um, it's more a one-way medium, but it, it, it has the same thing, right? So uh, very interesting. I mean, it's uh, it's great to hear, especially like you, in, a, in a niche industry, like you really are, are embracing um, you know, some of the social marketing tools. It's really great. And it, how long have you used the uh, the Harrow to help a reporter out? Is that a productive uh, inflow for for leads as well? Uh, business leads less, but I mean, it, you know, obviously when I asked, I raised my hand with that question that you responded to. I, I got ten responses like that day, um, hmm. and some you know, some interesting, some less interesting. But uh, um, I've used it and. And I'll give you an instance. So I'm also reporting on like on, on in the securities industry, like on, on new ETF launches, right? So um, I I was hired by a company to, to write a, to do some consulting on um, I guess on securities lending within the ETF industry. It's also sort of an arcane subject. And so I put it up on Harrow. I got two CEOs of ETF firms who contacted me, <laughs> and we're going to do business together in the future. And uh, 
they're going to sponsor an event of mine. You know, it was great for that, and I got access to them, and they raised their hands. You know, so it was. Hmm. Um, that's a very powerful tool. Um, I have I have put some stuff up there, and nobody you know nobody responded, or nobody seems to care. But uh, if you get the right timing and the right one, you know, it's free. There's no reason not to try. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, there there's so many you know emails from them and so many different topics that you know it almost becomes daunting to to read them all. So I'm sure uh, it's probably luck of the draws as to when your question comes out and what people are are doing at that given moment in time. Totally. Hey, are you interested in all in collaborating on just a mini course? I would do most of the work. I would just build off of your uh, your knowledge of the industry. Oh, I, absolutely. I think that would be. I mean, it's it's such a you know, I hate to say it, e- easy segment of the market for investors to get bamboozled because they they don't understand this. I mean, investing is hard enough <laughs> in and of itself. Uh, investing in biotech is is even harder. And I, I think you know if, if we can help break down the walls and you know lead lead to investors having more success or at least being able to you know ask the appropriate questions and do their own uh, research to some degree, um, we, we would be all for that. So is, is it the type of thing where I guess the presentation would be like, you know, common mistakes investors make when, when investing in biotech and, and ways to fix it? Yeah, that's the yeah that, that and just talking about, you know, some of the maybe the differences between that that industry versus others. I mean, you know, my, my wife used to ask me every day at the dinner table, you know, how, how does a company – Stay in existence for decades without making a profit. You know, the, you, it, it's, it's not anything that you see in you know textiles it's, industry or. The, it's the so industry. funny you mention that because um, one of the one of the things I read about in my book, I don't know if you have read the book, but um, is sort of portfolio replication. Um, this idea of like just cloning portfolios of of people smarter and better than you are. Um, are, are you familiar with that sort of whole kind of movement? Not not. I mean, it's more rigor than saying, hey, you know, look, uh, you know, Stevie Cohen is buying this stock. I got to buy it. Right? That doesn't make sense. But actually going back historically and looking at, I guess, groups of, of portfolios where, you know, one hedge fund manager is typically his largest position is best performing, while another one, you know, his newest position performs better and basically putting together like a best idea type portfolio. Anyway, I talk, oh. about, I talk about it in the book. It's, it's not that important. But um, – What's interesting is one of, one of the one of the stocks we have we're following Baker Brothers because they happen to have a very good track record from a replication standpoint, and uh, we've and they're wizards in biotechnology. They are right. So we we own we own in a lot of accounts we own Seattle Genetics, <laughs> and we're like you know we just my partner and I we had no idea what bio, was going on in biotech, um, <laughs> and but but we own it because you know that's what the that's what the the algorithms spit out and. Uh, you know, there's no revenues, and you know it goes up, it goes down. We have no idea why, and uh, they, had some good news, they had some good news this morning. But um, it's just funny. Um, it just I always feel like not knowing what's going on. It's, it's it feels to me so binary. Either the, either they get approved or they don't get approved. How do I know? You know. Well, and, and sometimes the events don't even make sense. You know, within the company, I mean, you you get you know good clinical data, stock goes down. You get bad clinical data, the stock rallies. You get. Uh, clinical trial that looks like it succeeded, then they send the data to the FDA and the Food and Drug Administration turns them down and says, go do another study. I mean, there's there's so many different, uh, you know, trials and tribulations for investors to navigate that are, are unlike, I mean, 
you know, to, to evaluate Amazon, you simply listen to the recorded report, you know, what were the sales this quarter, what were they last year, what's the delta, you know, how to value the company to, to a large degree. Yeah. How do you do that with a company that has no earnings? <laughs> that was Michael Becker of MD Becker Partners, and this was New Rules Investing Radio, helping you with tools, tips, and technologies to build your own financial business. Um, Michael is an expert at providing financial content in order to lure in potential new clients as well as a broad readership. Uh, his content products also establish him as an expert in his field. Thank you for stopping by. Again, this is Zach Miller at New Rules Investing Radio. We'll check you again soon.